much for tuning in. I know it's been over two years since I last recorded. Uh, blame that on COVID. <laughs> uh, today I'm back here with Fabian. Uh, you guys will remember Fabian. We've done, I think, three or four podcasts before. I think it's four podcasts. And um, we've actually spent quite a lot of time together over the last two years during COVID and everything like that. And we've been itching to record another podcast for quite a while now. So super, super excited through this conversation. Um, this will be completely unscripted. We've got a few topics that we're probably going to sort of rant about, discuss, because <laughs> we've both experienced quite a lot of disbelief over the last few years. Um, I feel now we're sort of coming out of COVID and, and all yeah. of that craziness that I can actually start talking more about it without being shot down by a million zealots uh, just sort of bought into the narrative. Um, but yeah, so how, how's, how's your sort of two years been since we last spoke on this podcast anyway? I mean, it's been, it's been that very, very interesting. A lot's happened for me as well. You've become a dad. I've gotten engaged and moved in with my fiance and we're getting married in six months um and covid had i've tried very hard to draw the positives from it in that it gave me a lot of time to do some very deep inner work and self-examination um so there are it, it sounds mind-boggling to say it but there are some positives that have come out of it on a personal level um but that doesn't mean i don't you know i don't know about you but i stand by pretty much everything i said at the time um it hasn't changed my views on that the time hasn't changed my views on that no no um, if anything it's made them a bit stronger because of what we're now seeing yeah and we're what we're referencing guys is basically at the very beginning of, of all the lockdown and the pandemic, you obviously witnessed the world being split into two really, where you had the people who were terrified of COVID and acquiesced to the government's will and was lining up for booster after booster after booster. And also were egging the government on to lock down harder yeah, and yeah. more. Yeah, and, you know, strict to this, strict to that. You know, can't go and bury your loved ones, can't go and see your, your dying relatives in a care home, all of this sort of craziness. And two years on with deep reflection, we're now starting to sort of see in the mainstream media that how ill-effective lockdown actually was and how much more damage the lockdowns have actually caused. And we can see that the deep promise from the deep state that get the vaccine, you won't get sick was a complete load of nonsense as we predicted it was going to be. And um, yeah, it's just interesting, isn't it? It's interesting because we, we've had a lot of conversations about this, how, you know, neither of us bought into the fear narrative. Mm. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'm a COVID denier. I'm not a COVID denier at all. My, my beef and issue is just the way the governments have handled it, how the mainstream media have manipulated it and the governments to, you know, to, to push through a load of, a load of nonsense. But I, 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 I agree with you and I will push back is the wrong expression, but I will add a, an angle. 
my and it's based off we know who Jonathan Sumption is he gave a speech that I watched in its entirety on YouTube about a month ago or two months ago down in Australia and he said something that really made me bang on almost want to applaud him he said for him he said the biggest thing to shock him out of covid was not how governments behaved and how the media behaved because he's like that's what they do what shocked him the most was how quickly and easily people fell into the panic and then started supporting totalitarian methods um you know my attitude is i've known for a long time now since having my eyes opened that politicians lie that a lot of it is rigged and it does nothing surprises me anymore but that did surprise me people's behavior surprised me and i'd thought that people were i'd thought that the number of critical thinkers was higher than it apparently is let's put it that way because even among my friends i've got people who are by any standard highly educated who just were in this total frenzy and swallowed every single piece of of what we were being told people who until then had been skeptical and pro liberal in the freedom of speech sense and they suddenly turned into basically into fascists <laughs> No, I, I agree. I think it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, like what COVID, COVID was an interesting experience for me. Uh, I went through the whole of COVID without actually catching it, mm. uh, which I was, which I was, my ego is very proud about. Um, and, you know, and, and I was outside every day, you know, still carrying on, just just living life and, you know, trying to make the most of it because the weather was beautiful. Yeah, and the first lockdown was stunning. Oh, yeah, first, first lockdown, you know, quite, you know, it was, it was, it was joyous, to be honest, um, especially London because it was so quiet. Yeah. But myself, you know, I, you know it, it caused a lot of arguments. It caused a lot of debates. I fell out with people, mm -hmm. uh, fell out with family members, you know, because, you know, they're like, you know, very scared of it, convinced that I'm going to get it, convinced that I'm going to get sick. And, you know, if I don't get vaccinated, I'll die. Mm. And all of this sort of stuff. And it was, it was interesting to, and I think you're right, you know, sort of seeing how people who I would have considered to be critical thinkers, um, libertarians and all of this were very quickly falling into rank. Yes. <laughs> You know, with this sort of, oh my God, you know, you, you, you must stay in and you can't do this and this is just terrifying. And you're just like, well, it isn't, is it? No. Because if, if it was this really terrifying thing, you know, you would literally be seeing people dying on the streets, dying on the tubes, dying but whilst was, they're driving. And I'll, I'll add an extra. If it had been a genuinely critical thing, you would have had the army on the streets to keep people inside yeah, exactly. by force. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, let's face it. If it had been an act of biological warfare, it would have been martial law, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you could argue an entirely different set of circumstances. Oh, it, God, was, yeah. it was, it was, it was, 
But my issue with it is is always been, and it, and again, you know, I'm going to really drill this home, you know, because I'll get attacked for this. I imagine, mm. you know, I'm not a COVID denier. I'm also not anti-vaccine. No. Like my both my kids are vaccinated, yeah. so I'm not anti-vaccine the slightest. I'm pro-science. I'm mm. pro-solid mm-hmm. science, and I'm and I'm pro-critical thinking and seeing, you know, and just trusting intuition mm. as well. But but also you. The, the the bit that made the vaccine vaccination discussion so difficult was the absolute lack of logic around it. And I'll give you a, a recounting of a conversation I had, okay? Do. My fiance is South African. And the first time we went to South Africa, I called my GP and I said, listen, we are going to South Africa for three weeks. I'm going to be staying on a farm far from a hospital, far from medical care. Can you please have a look into my records and tell me if there are, number one, any jabs you would advise me to take just in case, even if I don't necessarily need them? And B, are there any jabs that I am out of date on because I haven't traveled for X number of years that you would recommend me taking, right? And he wrote back an email and he said, you need to take these four um, boosters because you're expired on them and I would also strongly advise you that you're going to take the tetanus jab because you're going to be in Africa the water supply is not great so even if you're washing a knife at the sink and you cut yourself with it blah, blah, blah. anyway right so the conversation I had with someone was to tell them that story and say listen having had those jabs do you think for one second I was scared to go to Africa and to go to those places and he said, no. And I said, well, then why are you scared to be around someone if you've been vaccinated? And what I'm getting to is, I think deep in their hearts, a lot of people knew the vaccination wasn't effective. I think a lot of people did what they were told, did what they felt or were being told was the right thing to do, but deep down they must have been suspicious because there's no other reason you would be scared of an unvaccinated person. If you believe this vaccine is genuinely effective and that it will stop the spread and prevent you getting sick, then you have no fear to be around other people. But their argument was, if you're not vaccinated, their argument amounted to, if you're not vaccinated, my vaccine won't work. That's literally what it amounted to. There was, and, and it, it was such an illogical position that you couldn't argue with it. Because you can't, you can't have a discussion with someone who's not arguing logically. No. And even today, I have yet to hear anybody be able to coherently explain that logic to me. I know, but it was it, it was a constant narrative, yes. though, wasn't it? You know, if, if everybody needs to be vaccinated, yes. if everybody isn't vaccinated, these vaccines aren't going to work. Mm. It's just like what? Well, I, I mean, literally, I I had some like like friends, associates, you know, who would ask, "Oh, are you vaccinated?" No, 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 I'm not vaccinated. Mm-hmm. You're a silly question. You should know that. Oh, um, yeah. Well, sorry, we can't see you. Yeah. Or you, you can't come around to the house, mm-hmm. or all these sorts of things. Um, someone uh, like my wife was like literally expecting the twins and this is this and this is how absurd it got so absurd my wife was literally due to go and drop the twins and she went to go and see a friend 
And the friend was so paranoid about COVID, bearing in mind they'd all fully vaccinated, they would not drive my wife to the train station mm -hmm. in the pouring rain. So my wife had to walk 20 minutes in the pouring rain because there's no taxis. Mm -hmm to the train station because these people who are fully vaccinated were so terrified on the fact that she, at that point she wasn't yeah. vaccinated. It's it's and and you saw you saw behaviors that if you had taken a video if you if you were to take a video of that person and jump be able to be able to 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 pull like a terminator time warp thing and jump forward in time 10 years from now and show people video of how they behaved most people would be absolutely mortified because it was it was so completely and utterly irrational and you saw people i you know the new district line trains that are completely open i literally was sitting in a district line train once and a bloke was walking up and down the train end to end swearing at anybody who wasn't wearing a mask loudly and ranting at them and you just Oh, I tried to I tried, I tried to what? enter a lift in Westfield, and um, the people inside the lift who are all masked up, but I'm assuming all fully jacked, tried to prevent me from getting in yeah. the lifts because I wasn't wearing a mask. Yeah. And I ex politely explained to them that obviously, you know, that wasn't going to be the case. But you know, what was what was interesting was just the, the sheer fear. Yes. The sheer fear, you know, you, you, you got your jabs, you got your mask, and in your head, all that works for you, yet you're absolutely terrified of me. Like, I'm fit and healthy. But that's, but that's, <laughs> that's where you jump to, that's where you jump to the, the piece that, that I now quite openly call brainwashing. That's the bit where the press and the politicians got evil and where it's hard to not start asking questions why because the propaganda was incessant oh, you know insane. even any any and there was there was almost no there were no counter voices you had to look very hard to find any journalist who wasn't on the bandwagon and those it. journalists who were who weren't on the bandwagon like peter hitchens and you know, let me say, I, there are a lot of issues I disagree with Peter Hitchens on. I don't know the man. I think he's a brilliant writer and I think he's an intellect. But there are some things where I think he's right and some where I think he's wrong. But the way he got attacked and essentially pushed out of the mainstream was astonishing. Mm. There was no, there, there were no cool calm heads amongst the journalists who were saying hold on a minute what's going on here there was no i have a a quote that i love from an american intellectual that said who says a journalist should be to a politician as a dog is to a lamppost in other words it's your job to piss on them and to muck rake yeah it's your job to hold them accountable. And very, very few, none that I could see in the mainstream journalists did that old fashioned reporter's job. No, but the thing the is- The press but, failed. Yeah, but the, 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 press, the, press, the press did what they were told. Mm. The, pre the press and the mainstream media made more money out of COVID yes. than a lot of, a lot of industries because they were paid billions in advertising and yes. running government COVID adverts and this 24-7 fear mm -hmm. porn mm -hmm. adverts in all the newspapers. So they're not going to go against the narrative because those big 
yes, advertising but, dollars get cancelled. And that's where that's where you could have a segue and say that the 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 the, the press model in the UK and in the US has failed because it used to be that the press were a line of defense against politicians and now the press are in the politicians pockets. Yeah. To be honest, I think I for, for for me, I personally think covid was one of the best things that ever happened. Mm-hmm. Personally and professionally for me it was, it was a fantastic two-year opportunity of growth and everything like that. It also really cemented and showed me just how corrupt central government and central mainstream media are and yes. how collaborative they are. And how anyone who went against the narrative, regardless, you know, mm-hmm. professors, the most cited professors on the planet in their areas of expertise. Um, were, was yes, Sanetra Gupta, yeah. you know. Cancel culture. Yes. It, was, it was the most yes. insane cancel culture. If you just went against <laughs> yeah. anything you said against COVID, your, your internet accounts were deleted, your, mm-hmm. your Facebook was destroyed. Your Twitter was your Twitter everything. was taken down. Every, everything yeah. was deleted. So yeah. they, they couldn't bear anyone saying anything other than, oh my God, I'm terrified mm. of COVID. Mm-hmm. And that for me immediately goes, yes. Why? Yes. Why why are they so why are they why do they have to keep the narrative? Because actually if there is a pandemic which is going to kill all of us, you're not going to need any marketing or advertising budgets to sort of convince people to stay at home. People are going to know because guess what? Everyone they know is going to be dying mm-hmm. or really, really mm-hmm. sick. But you 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 don't have to look it's you know you don't have to look too far to find the causes or to find the whole thing is bonkers there's a there's a current affairs program in America that i i guess you would broadly compare to um channel 4's dispatches or bbc's panorama it's called 60 minutes mm. 60 Minutes is sponsored by Pfizer. Right? So you have a show that is funded by pharma dollars. What are they going to say? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the, 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 the kind of mishmash between the big corporations, the media and governments now is so intertwined that it, it cannot possibly be um, it can't possibly be clean. It yeah. has to be corrupt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's. But I think that that that's what I thank COVID for. Yes. Because like even like even by people really really close to me who are like you know like my parents, staunch conservative, believe anything and everything. The bloody Daily Mail states. Mm. You know, would never <laughs> would never question the government or or you know anybody. <laughs> On both sides, on both sides, you know, it, it's it's woken my parents up, like mm. on on, a, on, a, on an amazing level. And I thank and I thank the government for that. Thank you for waking my parents up, so they can now see the bullshit mm. right there and then, because yeah. they haven't been able to see it for years, and they've thought I've been just completely mad when I've spoken about it. Mm-hmm. But I find it, I, do, I, you know, but even now we're sort of, you're still seeing this narrative of control and stuff like that, and <clears throat> you know. I know sometimes I sound like a conspiracy theorist, and and, and I and I enjoy conspiracy theories. I enjoy mm-hmm. going out there on the wild, and I, I openly confess to that. Um, but I do like to think of myself as a critical thinker, and 
just so much just didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was very, very obvious to me that they were not going to ever be able to create a vaccine in the time period that they no. had, which was going to stop this highly mutative virus. But also a respiratory virus, which if you looked at it as to whom it was affecting, why did there need to be a vaccine so quickly? Yeah. Yeah. It's and I'm I'm the same of you I'm the same as you. There were there were too many things that didn't smell right. Yeah. I would have taken the vaccine. Honestly, I would have taken that vaccine. If I if I thought it was going to protect yeah. me and it was going to work, and if I, I genuinely and if I genuinely thought COVID was dangerous to me, yeah, which it wasn't, which, which, it, was, which it, was very very obvious. People, people in our you know our age group of people no. who keep ourselves fit. Like if I had you, COVID twice yeah. since all of this, yeah. right? And for me, COVID was fifteen hours of the worst sore throat of my life. Like literally, the insane yeah. sore mm-hmm. throats, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and you know, a horrible sore throat. Yeah, and a bit fatigued and a little bit pissed off. Yeah, because I couldn't have a vape or you know, <laughs> literally, it was it was horrible. Fifteen yeah. hours, really scratchy. But that was it for me. It was twenty four hours with the runniest nose you've ever seen in your life. But that yeah. was it. But I, but I, again, I, I do want to caveat here that I am not taking away from the fact that I know people have died from COVID yes. and lots of people have lost loved ones and that is absolutely tragic. I'm not denying any of that. So I just want to sort of put yeah. that out there because we're, I don't we're want to not, trigger anybody. Look, I'm, 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 I can say the same, but with different words to you, I'm a health professional, yeah. okay? And I have done a ton of reading on COVID and I've physically sat down and looked at the charts and looked at the statistics. It is simply factual. All of the data backs this up that 96%, I think it's 96, it's in the 90s, 96% of people who suffered with COVID seriously or died were either over the age of 65 or had two plus comorbidities. It was not for the most part affecting young and healthy people. And people will say to me, oh yeah, but young and people healthy were dying. And my response is young and healthy people die of the flu every bloody year. Young people die from the flu also. It, from the statistics of who it was affecting, it made no sense what was happening. And which it didn't. Which it it, it, it didn't. At the early stages when you, you started to look at the data, yeah. it was like, okay, there, there are massive aspects yes. which don't make sense. You can see that you can see the cohorts that it's really sort of going for, mm-hmm. but then you can see these I, other aspects. I I I I say to people now with hindsight, there was I can't remember precisely when it was, but I think it was in mid-June. So March to April, April and May, May to June. It was in the third month of the lockdown. There was a press conference where Witty and Valance stood up and they actually out loud said, 
this virus does not pose a threat to the majority of the population. It poses a threat to people X, Y, and Z and poses very little threat to anybody under that age. So I, what I say to people is I'll give you the first lockdown because you're right, early on it looked chaotic and you could understand a little bit of early panic. Yeah, we're waiting okay. for data points. We were waiting for data, but there was a clear point at which they had the data. And at that point, logic would have dictated they revised their guidance and changed the strategy, and they didn't. So that's when things stopped making sense. Um, what perked my antenna up around the vaccine was how often they changed the strategy. Because right at first they said the vaccine will go only to those people who are vulnerable or over 65. At which point I said, fair enough. I yeah. don't agree with it. I won't take it, but fair enough. But but we I think we I think we can easily agree, you know, if they create a vaccine mm -hmm. and they're gonna give it out to the most vulnerable people yes. who, who they who they believe it could affect, then good on them. Yeah. They're trying to protect that cohort. Awesome. Yes. Crack on. Right. Protect the most vulnerable in society. I've Precisely. never had an issue with that. Precisely. What then also happened is that early statements from people, people like Fauci were that masks provided very little benefit and essentially don't bother. Then that suddenly changed and they stopped. They actually blocked over the period of COVID two studies, they blocked a publication of two studies showing that masks didn't work. That didn't make sense. They kept changing the age cohorts of the vaccine. So, okay, we're going to go for the, the over 65s. Fine. Now we're going to go for the over 50s. Now we're going to... And you start... When somebody... To, to my mind, when somebody changes, especially when it's somebody in authority, when somebody changes the story they're telling you too many times you should start getting suspicious. Yeah, and because they're going to have really thought about that story before even going public yes. with it, right? And that's the bit where, that's kind of the second big moment where I had my what the F moment because I was watching the story change so often and nobody was asking questions. And then it turned into that whole virtue signaling movement of I've got my little badge saying I've had my jab or I've got that little profile picture on my social media saying let's get vaccinated. And it was just it 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 kept getting more and more bonkers. Well, I think it's when I think for me it's when when social media tech companies mm. like I work for a tech company, so a company like my my company, a private owned company, was censoring yes world leading professors, the most cited individuals. Yes. We're, we're, we're being, and then anything you posted about COVID, even on Facebook, Instagram, how they all just bought into it. Still it. Get, you still get warnings on your posts on Instagram when you post about COVID by quote unquote fact checkers, even when your post is accurate. Yeah. I put up, I put up that thing a few days ago, and for people listening, Anthony Fauci was one of the authors on a paper published about two weeks ago that admits that mRNA vaccines do not, in fact, work for respiratory viruses. I've shared it on social media. I've got it as a PDF. It's real. 
I put a screenshot of it up on my Instagram and five minutes later got a notification saying that my post now has a warning on it. Well, if the post is actually now factually accurate, why the hell does it need a warning? Yeah. It's the, the, the level of censorship that has come out through COVID has just been, wow. Yeah. Orwell, eat, Orwell, eat your heart out. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so Orwellian. Yeah, and you know that, and again, that's that's that that's been interesting. Mm. You know, I like. I think the whole thing has just been fascinating, just to sort of see how people have behaved, the fear, the absolute fear. Yeah, but also I think it's been really interesting uh, to sort of show actually just how sick the vast majority of humanity are mm-hmm. in, in you know just the foods that we eat, our lifestyles. Oh, yeah. And I think I think COVID really sort of sh- shone a light on just how unhealthy we are as a, as a as a collective. Well, look the 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 number one pre-existing condition, if you look at the data for having a bad case of COVID, was obesity. Mm. That was the number one. Second was diabetes. Number one was obesity. Sorry, it was it was age so cor- correction, age, obesity, diabetes. And I, I, I've got a friend in the States who's a personal trainer and I said to him a few months ago, I said, listen, I think part of the reason you over there were so scared and part of the reason we in the UK were so scared is because deep down we know we're bloody unhealthy. Yeah, no, I agree. 60% of British foods are ultra processed. That's, that's a shocking number. Yeah, and that, that's yeah. and that's 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 terrifying because I was listening to a really interesting podcast, and I, I'm, to apologise, but I'll, I'll find it in the show notes of this American doctor, and they were talking about uh, about ultra processed foods mm. and you know just how tragically bad they are for our, our health and by design. Yeah, by design, the com- the, the, the the big food knows what it's doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 scary. We yeah. probably do another podcast just on, on nutrition and health and stuff like that. But but you're right. It 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 it's expo- it has exposed how how unhealthy and unfit we are as a nation, as a country. But you but but you also see it when you walk down the street. You know, I'm starting. I've I have been seeing people sadly including children here in the uk now who remind me of what i used to see when i lived in america and i've just sat there going how how, how has the uk you know that we're number one for obesity in europe yeah and we're number one in the world for childhood obesity are we really yeah the last time i looked the uk is top for um What's the the technical language for juvenile obesity? Wow, that's yeah, that's, um, that's scary. And I think, but 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 also, you you walk into. I walk past. I walk past um, St Thomas's Hospital quite a lot in London. The number of nurses and doctors and paramedics that are obese and unhealthy. It's it's. No, I I I I, I agree, and I. I think there's a far I think there's a far deeper issue going on here where I think humanity as a whole is just way off kilter mm-hmm. 
And, you know, the fact that our health professionals, our doctors and nurses are pushed to breaking point with hours and all of that. And, you know, they're obese and they're addicted to substances and all of this sort of jazz. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I know doctors who go home every night and drink a bottle of wine and do six, seven lines of Coke just to sort of wind down. And, and they're doctors, mm. you know, they, these guys mm -hmm. are doctors mm -hmm. uh, because it is just, it's so stressful. Yeah. It's, it's so unbelievably stressful. And I think, I think this is the, the bigger issue is that our, I think our, our, our human environment is insanely challenging. You know, for for all of us. Yes, um, it's it's and it and it's. I say I say to clients all the time, the the great contradiction of twenty twenty three in the the quote unquote developed world is we've got all the technology, we've got everything that you could possibly imagine, and yet our physical lifestyle is the exact opposite of what our bodies were designed for, and we're so far away from our food sources in terms of what we eat when it's processed food. It's, it's diametrically, look, there's a, there's a doctor who I follow and I've got his book on my pile who went and spent six months traveling around the world and he went to multiple different of the last remaining hunter-gatherer tribes. And he, with their permission, took blood work, brought along a portable scanner, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he makes this point in his book. He says, in tribes that still live, the ancestral lifestyle is better, better term than hunter-gatherer. He says, there's no dementia, there's no cancer, there's no diabetes, there's no type two diabetes. Um, there's no psoriasis, there's no autoimmune conditions. He says, he says when, if, you're, if, you're, if your Maasai warrior doesn't get killed by a lion, he'll die in his sleep at 90. And he'll die of genuine old age, not because he's got 55 diseases that he's taking 400 pharmaceuticals for. Yeah. We, we, we're, looking for we're looking for cures for all of these diseases but we're treating the symptom, yeah. right? I was on a, I was listening to a to a nutritional podcast the other day where there now there's a growing number of researchers who think that um, Alzheimer's slash dementia should be renamed to type three diabetes and Parkinson's should be renamed to type four diabetes because they're realizing that the plaques on the brain are actually sugar deposits from all the processed food we're eating. Mm. <clears throat> so it's, it's, you're right, it's, it's a demonstration of the medical system is set up to deal with the symptoms. It's never addressing the cause. No. And that's a losing battle. Yeah, let's just go around and around. It's a losing battle, except for Big Pharma. Yeah. And where I, where I additionally feel sorry for doctors is the way I say it is this. I know some people who are doctors too. And to a man and woman, they all got into it because they have a genuine desire to help people. But none of them know the history of Western medical schools and who funds the medical schools. And when you look at, when you start looking at that, 
they're on to a losing battle from day one. 80% of medical schools teach zero nutrition. Yeah, which is insane. So, so you go and see your GP and he's telling you to eat a certain way and he's probably had maximum a couple of hours of nutritional training in four years of medical school. They're taught pharmacology, they're not taught medicine. And in that sense, I get why they're stressed because they're genuinely trying to do their best, but they're not trained to look at properly causes and prevention. They're trained to look and treat symptoms. And the number of people with symptoms is exploding. We've got rates of dementia that are off the charts and we're getting sicker. Yeah, it's accelerating at a phenomenal rate. And, you know, it's going to overwhelm the healthcare system. Yeah. 75% of American healthcare is spent on preventable chronic disease. Yeah. It's, it's, you can, you can, you can cure yourself of type 2 diabetes simply by stripping sugar out of your diet. Yeah. But what my dad did. And here's where the twist is. If you look at what type 2 diabetics are told, they're told you can eat whatever you like as long as you take your insulin. Why? Because insulin is one of the biggest selling pharma drugs on the market. Whereas if you told a type 2 diabetic, listen, go and see a nutrition coach or a nutritionist, get fit, they'd be off the insulin. Yeah. But there's no money in prevention. Um, I think I sent you a link to it. There was a podcast recently. There's now a former consultant for Coca-Cola and big food who's gone public. Yeah, 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 he sent me that. And he said something very interesting. He said, it's, he said, it's not a conspiracy to keep you sick per se, it's a conspiracy to make money. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, about yeah, yeah. money. I, 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 it's I, about I, money. I'd, I'd agree with that. And people go, oh, yeah, there's not necessarily these people out there thinking, right, let's just fuck up humanity yeah. and make them really, really sick. But there are definitely people out there who are just like, what can we do to make as much money mm-hmm. as possible? Yeah. Money's highly addictive. Yeah. yeah. And that's what they're into. It's money. Yes. Follow the dollars. And and healthy people don't make you money. Yeah. Healthy people don't make you money. So it it's we have <laughs> and then and then you ask why we don't do anything about it. And again, the answer is money, right? From multiple angles. So I don't, I don't see. It doesn't. My, my attitude as a health professional is, it's not going to get changed top down. It has to be grassroots. Oh no, no, the, the powers that be aren't going to change this. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's mm. a well, well-established system which yeah. you know they all benefit from in, in many different ways. Well, I mean, our, our chief medical officer owned 600 grand of shares in GlaxoSmithKline, right? You know, who competed for the vaccines. Well, you know, <laughs> our, 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 our prime minister as well, you know, his... his uh, yeah, Dishy Rishi. Dishy, dishy, dishy Rishi. <laughs> it's, um, uh, you know, how do you spell conflict of interest? <laughs> Yeah, I find it. I, I wonder. I wonder though, you know, because I, I often sort of think to myself, when is it that other people are going to see this, or do, or do people see it, but they're they're, they're just they're so browbeaten 
that they just don't have the energy for it. And, and you know, they're just, they're, they're struggling. Cause, and this is what I think is part of this bigger issue is that mm. actually humanity, that we've been beaten down for so yeah. long. We're so unbelievably exhausted. You know, we, we all struggle in many different ways, regardless of where we are, you know, mm. socially, economically, I'd, I'd argue, you know, we're all swamped with overstimulation and demands, et cetera, mm. et cetera. So, you know, it, it's, it's very hard sometimes to even find five minutes to yourself yes. to kind of go like, well, like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Because I would argue most people, most people are stuck in survival. Yes. M most people are stuck in survival, su survival and, and there is something else at play, which don't rely on my word for it. Peter Hitchens talks about it a lot, which is, education has been so defunded by so many politicians over the years that it ed our education system now no longer teaches people how to think it teaches them what to think oh yeah so what's being churned out by the education system is people who are taught not to question they're taught the government is right they're taught listen to people in authority listen to the quote unquote experts like so China. i think you have i think you have a perfect storm of a social and economic system that especially in a city like london pushes people into survival mode where they have no time mm. you combine that with an education system that creates conformists and you've got perfect atmosphere well, for fear right? inter interesting right very quickly to interject talking about the school system, I read today, actually one on my way over here, uh, where apparently there's been riots in a number of schools across multiple counties uh, over this week because students have been stopped from using the toilet during lesson time and girls who are on their periods must show a red card <laughs> if they need to go and use the bathroom. And, and apparently the, the kids, which I'm mm. thrilled about, have... have yeah, you know, said, yeah, throwing the tables everywhere, kicked off about this. And it, you're just like, what on earth is going on in this world? You know, where mm. we, we, we're not going to allow kids to go to the toilet during lessons and the poor young girls yeah. have to show a red card it's bonkers. It's bonkers. To, to prove that they're on their period yeah. so they should be excused. I think it's disgusting. It is, dis it is, it, it is disgusting. But the, the, thing that, the thing that I... keep coming back to is you you it, it is disgusting but politicians are about power and if you don't hold them accountable they'll keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and that's exactly what's happened with covid it's this drip 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 towards totalitarianism and because you have the conformist mindset plus the hyper stress nobody's questioned it and now what's happening is they're pushing and it's taking incidents like that for people to say uh bite me yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's that it's 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 exactly you know on a micro it's it's on a very large totalitarian level the same thing a child does with his parents like where's the boundary where's the boundary how much power can i take here yeah. how much can i push you can i push you to vaccine passports where you need to prove that you're vaccinated to get into a nightclub 
We'll just be maybe. Doing. Can I push you to go to the pub? Oh no, the Brits say fuck no. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's it's. But the interesting the interesting thing is is that they they won't do vaccine passports. But what they'll do, what they're going to push through is, is digital IDs. Yes. And the digital ideas. Well, if you're not vaccinated, oh sorry, you, you can't come in. And mm -hmm. then obviously they're going to be doing the, the CBDCs. Um, you know, which is obviously the, the digital currencies, which the central banks are going to earn. And this is something that I know quite a lot about. And, um, you know, these, this is basically pro programmable yes. money, uh, which they can, they can, they'll allocate to the citizens. And if they say you can't go and spend it in a pub or you can't buy booze or fags yes. or whatever with it, it simply won't work. Yes. It's, it's, but, but this is, this is what happens when you, when you, if you scare people badly enough, and at the same time you have a population that are deeply conformist and tired, you create the conditions for totalitarianism. Oh yeah, completely. And that's that's what that's what's happened through COVID. People just acquiesced. Yeah. Yes. That, 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 yes. That, and that's the term. They, they, they acquiesce yeah. completely. They yeah. just oh, okay, fine. And what's 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 making me walk around with sort of this quizzical expression on my face nowadays is, you know, I've kind of got a mental checklist on all of the things we said at the time, which the press is now finally reporting to be accurate, and the number of people that just don't want to talk about it. No. Don't, don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Don't want. To, I don't. Oh, did you watch the football the other night? No, no let's talk about that. They, Actually, let's they, talk about why all these professional sportsmen yeah, should be dropping down yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more more professional athletes have died in the last two years than the last fifty years. But we won't talk about that because yeah, that's no, a conspiracy. Or we won't. Or we won't talk. Or we won't talk about. We won't talk about the fact that women's periods have mysteriously changed in some cases after the vaccine. We were talking about this yeah. over two years ago, again, called conspiracy theories, yes. conspiracy theories. And, and now there is there is direct evidence and proof that yes. these vaccines interrupt uh, the female cycle. But not only that, Orson, there's direct proof and they've now admitted the vaccines were never tested against transmission and they don't prevent the spread and they don't prevent you getting sick. All of which, all of which we said at the time. And what I find there's a, oh, after, after listening to this particular podcast, I argued against it internally and now I've watched it happen. There's a, there's an American academic and his wife called Brett Weinstein. Yes. Who runs Dark Horse Podcast. Okay. And about, I could find the episode number if people are interested, but about two months ago, they did an episode on what they thought was going to happen next in light of the fact that the narrative is unraveling. And he said something that I kind of was very skeptical of and now has been proven correct, which is he basically said, what's going to happen is that the same elites that told us all of the COVID BS are now going to tell us we were right without ever admitting we were right so that they can, so that they retain control of the narrative and can never be held accountable. And it's happening. Daily Mail front page story a few weeks ago, masks, Cochrane Review, a Cochrane Review says masks provide little to no benefit. Vaccines might be, Daily Mail, vaccines are likely causing period issues and should be suspended. 
Daily Mail, vaccines causing myocarditis. All of the same outlets and all of the same journalists who sold us the bullshit, excuse my language, are now trying to sell us the real facts without admitting that they got it wrong. But the thing because is, people will then yeah, keep but, reading them. But, but you know, it's, it's important. It's important to people to understand that mainstream media like the Daily Mail yeah. simply don't care. No. They don't care about the reader. All no. they care about is that you go and click on their website yes. and buy the bloody newspaper. Yes. The, the Daily Mail is not a newspaper. No. It's a digital marketing advertising yes. experience. Platform. Platform. Yeah. And it's, it's the most read newspaper in the world for a very mm -hmm. good reason. They make billions in advertising yes. revenue. Yeah. And so they, they will they will print and write whatever mm -hmm. the, the, the advertising Whatever makes them money. Yeah, whatever yeah. makes them money. And now the narrative is coming out. Oh, my God. Actually, maybe we were wrong. Maybe, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we sort of see the government almost turn on companies like Pfizer. Yes. In the not too distant future and go, fuck, actually, do you know what? Pfizer, a bunch of bastards. Mm. They lied to us. They kept this yeah. from us. And, and actually, well, that's, let, we're going to go after them now. To, look, it'll be, the, it'll be it's, the analogy that I draw is one that at the time it was it was in terms of foreign policy was my red pill moment okay there's been lots of little moments where i've had that holy shit eyes opening experience but when the iraq war in 03 happened and you heard all this malarkey about there being weapons when there turned out not to be None of the politicians stood up and said, you know, we exaggerated the case a bit. We're really sorry. We lied to you and we're going to hold ourselves accountable. They pointed at the intelligence agencies and said, they lied to us. And that's how it's going to be on this. They're going to go, those Pfizer executives and those Moderna executives, they told us they would sort this for us. Yeah. And it's their fault. Yeah. And it's not you, our and, fault. And what you have to remember with a company like Pfizer, Pfizer still has got one of the largest corporate fines in yes. history of three and a half billion US dollars for falsifying data. Yes. So they, they, this company And is they've now turned out to have falsified the, the COVID jab trial on a massive scale. Well, they tried to through the, through, <coughs> the, through the courts, you know, and again, you know, this is all fact check. You can check this. Sort of yes. Stuff they tried to stop the documents being released for 80 years. Yes. Why on earth? So you've used government public money to to create these vaccines so it sh everything should be completely transparent. and you've given them like you've given them liability protection yeah you, you so the government's protecting you <laughs> and yet you still feel the need you have to hide your data yes. for 80 years yeah yeah but that to me kind of just goes oh gosh how, how, how bad is it so they've used public money to create a vaccine the government had given them complete enmity on, you know, you can't get sued, you're total protection because we, we've done it for us. So, so, and you still feel the need, you can't be totally transparent, you have to hide your data for 80 years, and that's not concerning. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it's bonkers. It's so bonkers. But, but what, what, <clears throat> what gets me is I say to people now, I'm surprised by none of this because I've had my eyes open in other areas for so long, but it's, it's, this political corporate money stream permeates through so many areas that, you know, I, I get looks when I say this, but people ask me what my political view is and I say I'm an anarchist and they go, what do you mean? You want to blow stuff up? So there's a, have you heard the Tolkien quote on anarchy? Uh, probably not. 
Um, well, maybe. I mean, who knows? Tolkien. Civ like memory. Um, Tolkien has a, a famous quote, which I've now kind of adopted. It's worth reading. My political opinions lean more and more towards anarchy, meaning abolition of control, not whiskered men with bombs. The most improper job of any man is bossing other men. Not one is a million. Not one in a million is fit for it. Least of all those who seek the opportunity. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that is my sort of political philosophy nowadays. Because you you see this, and you can apply it to any other area. Nutrition, the the, the Coke whistleblower on the podcast I listened to the other day. Seventy eight percent of American senators have as the biggest employer in their state, either big agriculture or big pharma. That alone is suspicious. Or 94% of the doctors and professors who wrote the last big set of dietary guidelines issued in the US have taken money from big food. And this is the problem, it's like that octopus image it's 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 money and it's a big tangled web but it, but it's, uh, and it goes through everything yeah but i think it's the same across all industries i remember watching a documentary all about the ocean and and you know i can't remember one of the sort of kite marks of protecting fish and all of this sort of jazz and the journalist wound it back and realized that the 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 company or the organization, the charity organization who was meant to oversee and look all of this and give these official approving stamps for, yeah, you know, this has been fished ethically. All of their funding comes from the, 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 yes. the guys who's doing the fishing. So actually, it's, all it is, it's just an arm. Yes. It's an offshoot from them just to do, set this up but, to convince the public, oh no, everything is fine and we just authorize our own work because mm -hmm. it's just, we'll rubber stamp mm -hmm. it. Oh, see. Is it's done by an independent charity? No, it's not independent at all. Look, I, one the, one one moment that I one moment that I will never forget, and I can almost sort of close my eyes and replay it on television because it was so absolutely absurd. Was I can't I can't remember my my year now just because my memory's a bit whatever. But whenever Boris was running to become prime minister, so when Theresa May had stepped down and the Tory party conference was happening to officially anoint Boris. There was a piece in the Tory manifesto that talked about the fact that they wanted to introduce a sugar tax in this country because of the obesity problem. And they wanted to actually go after the problem of obesity, right? And then the Tory party conference happened. Who sponsored the Tory party conference? Tate and Lyle. So you had Jeremy Hunt, then Minister of Health, standing up and giving a speech about how we're going to go after these sugar companies and we're going to hold them accountable and we're going to deal with this country's obesity problem, wearing a Tate and Lyle lanyard around his neck. And right after the Tory party conference ended, or soon after the Tory party conference ended, the sugar tax disappeared from the manifesto. And this is what boggles my mind. It's how in your face they do it. Well, they don't care. It's, it's, it's literally 
two fingers up at you. And for those of you who also don't know, Tate and Lyle actually hold uh, cannabis cultivating licenses here in the UK. So they don't just produce sugar, no. they also produce cannabis for the government as well. Just it's an interesting side yeah. fact. But but what I'm what I'm what I'm getting at is this this is the bit that speaks to me to the conformity and the fear is all of this is so in your face that it's got to take massive levels of indoctrination and or fear and cognitive dissonance not to see it. I think, it, I, think it's, it's, I think it's fear. Yes. Well, I think, I think it, obviously everything roots down to fear, but I also think that actually the majority of people, and as I said earlier, are in survival mode. Mm. They're, they're literally just trying to get by yeah. every single bloody day. Yes. And it's just like, look, okay, yeah, I, I know the government's corrupt and this and that, but like, what the hell do you want me to do about it? Mm. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I've got to be up at six, and I won't be home before nine. I've got a wife and kids to feed, yeah. and look after, and it's stress, and it's bills, and it's all of this sort of nonsense. So, like, I get it. It's, it's, it's like you sort of said. You create that perfect mm. scenario, and that perfect storm will happen where, again, you've beaten down yes. the collective. I, I, I and, so and that that part of it, I understand. The bit that I don't understand is the way they turned everybody against everybody but this kind is, of you're an evil person for not this, taking this vaccine but if you look at if you <laughs> yeah i mean that you know but we don't need to even look at the whole vax versus anti-vax you know we don't even need to look at that no that's that's just one of the yeah. many, many plays look at how Everything is about creating division. Yes. Separation. Yes. You know, and, and now it's even crazier because, you know, there's so many different labels and personal ways of identifying. It's all, you know, it's it's creating separate separation. Mm. You know, well, it's divide about, and rule. It's divide and rule. Like the, the Romans have been using it for centuries. Mm. You know, for me, I'm much more about creating unity, unification yes. of mankind. Yeah. We, you know, I said this to someone the other day. In order for us to make any sort of serious change in this world. Mankind, humanity as one, needs to come together, regardless of mm -hmm. if you're white, black, gay, straight, whatever, none of, none of it, none of it, it all matters to you, and that's beautiful, but we have to come together as, as yes. one yes. and go, actually, how do we all want to live? Yes. You know, I want to live in a society where we're free to make our own choices. Mm -hmm. I want to live in a society which is fair. I think society at the moment is very unfair it for is. an awful lot of people. It is. We live in, a, you know, 2023. There is no reason on this planet why anyone is hungry or doesn't have adequate medical mm. assistance if they need it or the right amount of free education. Yes. You know, and... There's lots of beautiful things we can change, which will make a massive difference mm. to, to to the way everyone experiences life. The th the thing is is that's where it takes it takes pulling people away from their screens and human connection, right? Because it's very easy to read somebody's post on social media and to take five seconds to type something nasty. It's much harder to say something nasty to somebody's face. And that is where, to me, the divide and rule is so easy, is so dangerous because they're using all of this technology and social media to stop face-to-face -face interactions. 
I've got I've got clients. No, I've got friends who are politically diametrically the opposite to me, except that they agreed with us on COVID. But we've never had an argument because we've always had our conversations face to face. What you have now is you have zero connection and you have keyboard warriors. And it's turned it into... Um, like Twitter is... If you ever just get on Twitter and scroll... It, what people, the things people say to each other, and the kind of knife knife stabs or whatever you want to call it, the stuff people say to each other on social media is horrific, and it's things you would never ever say to somebody's face. No, well, I think it's very similar to like road rage, isn't it? When you're when you're stuck in your car, you call everyone to see you know yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, but you're ever going to say it to the, the guy on the street? Well, or in I, my I, case, I, you I, turn I, the heavy metal up and. <laughs> You know, so it, it it is that, but again, there is that separation. Yes. Um, yeah. Which I, which I think is is, is really sad, and I do I do hope that um, humanity is able to pull together and well, correct that. It's the only way we're going to survive and change the system is if if enough of us just agree on the fact that it's broken. And then the have a discussion is, is, of how to how to change but it. But the thing is, I think most right. people would like. I sit down even with my dad. You know, he's, he's a very agreeable guy. Yeah. And now he'll be like, no, I, I, I don't trust the, the 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 government. I don't trust the MPs. You know, blah blah blah. But I'm 73 years old. What can I do about it? Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I've had this conversation, this particular sort of angle of our conversation with a few people, which is, look, what do you think would happen? If, what's today? Today's Friday, Friday the 24th, right? So let's say, hypothetical scenario, Great Britain is holding its next general election on March 1st. What do you think would happen on the morning of March 2nd if the turnout for an election was 0%? If nobody voted? Because the argument we've got right now is, oh, well, if you don't vote, you don't buy into the system, you can't say anything. Well, what if everybody just went, actually, you know what? The system's broken. And if nobody showed up to vote, if you had 0% national turnout in protest, or you could do something else, which is you could have a ballot sheet that said, David Cameron Conservative, Tony Blair Labour, Joe Bloggs Liberal, and the bottom box was none of the above. And then you report that number. Because this is the problem, is how do you change a fix? If we keep... I have an argument with a friend of mine who says, if you don't vote, you've got nothing to say. And I say, listen, mate, I've voted in every national election except for the last two. What's changed? Yeah. I said, we're perpetuating a system that doesn't work. And the only way to bring it down is A, through something violent, which I don't advocate and I don't think would be a good thing. I do not particularly wish to live in a military dictatorship. No. The only other way is for people to boycott it. Stop buying newspapers. Stop watching the news. And don't vote. And it, look, if, if, if the viewing figures for Channel 4 News at 9pm or BBC News at 9pm suddenly dropped to 0%, if every copy of every newspaper in this country, except probably the Daily Sport, because people want to see what they want to see, you know, 
if 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 the sale of every newspaper in this country or uh, uh, of every TV news station in this country, of every radio station in this country, suddenly turned to 0%, and if nobody turned out to vote on general election day, it would cause a giant moment of, wait a second. But we keep turning out and voting for these people. And we keep having the... We keep having the, okay, let's hope it'll be different this time. I've been on this planet 43 years and and I've, I've heard every single election, you know, my parents mm-hmm. and friends have always gone, oh, let's just hope, let's just hope, let's just hope. And and nothing nothing has changed. If anything, I would say in the 43 years I've been here, lots of things have got yes. worse. Um, you know, I had a friend of mine a few years ago say to me, look, Ors, trust me, the UK is going to hell. Mm-hmm. Get out. Mm-hmm. He left. He, he, he's, he's gone and um, you know and it's, I think it's just I'm just looking forward to the day that more people start to go actually you know what enough is enough mm. I, I don't need to put up with this anymore Yeah, I don't need to be scared because there is nothing to fear apart from that you fear doing nothing but you but 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 even there I would argue there's deep manipulation at play and i'll give you an example my mum is one is like you one of the people who started questioning things a little bit more during covid and she and i have in the last two years had multiple conversations where and she's someone who's stuck in fear mode is about as badly as it's possible to be mm. and i've said to her unsubscribe from your newspaper and stop watching the news. And yet she sits at home and listens to BBC News twice a day and reads the Times of London front to back and wonders why she's still, she can't stop but it, because the fear has hooked yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's habitual, it's habitual. You know, yeah. I, tease, I tease my dad every single time, you know, I'm down there, he said, oh, can you grab us a newspaper? I'm like, you want me to buy your Daily Mail? Yeah. And he goes, I know it's all shit. <laughs> he says, I know it's all shit. Yeah. But it's the same reason, you know, he'll, he'll still vote conservative because he's always done it. Yes. And this, and this is the thing with man, mankind is that you get very stuck in this mindset of just, well, this is how we've always done it. Yeah. It's always been this way. It's always been this way. That, that, that for me is just, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a fixed, rigid mindset. Well, we, 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 this has been working out for a thousand years. Yeah, but... Like everything's shifted a thousand years. But it's also but it's also a statement of it's also a statement of if you break it that if you break that down to the personal level, it's also a statement of disempowerment, right? Because it's oh it's always been this way, so what's the point? And you know, I, I you you when you do enough deep work on yourself you can you can acknowledge that the, it's always been this way is ex- an excuse is the wrong word but it's conditioning that can be changed yeah right yeah it's and just, yes it's, it's powerful conditioning and it takes time to break down it's taken me 15 years to get to the point where i where i 9 days out of 10 don't look at the news anymore and even I notice now when I turn it on or when I click on the, it, it, it's trying. You can energetically feel it oh, yeah. sucking you in. I was in a I was in a room right. the other day and they 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 had the the news came on 
and I was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't even remember the last time I even engaged with the news because I don't. I, mm. You can literally, and you can energetically feel it sucking you dry. Yeah, it's, it's the, the the news is just yeah, an aggregate. <laughs> That's what it's designed, yeah. designed just to capture your attention and pull you in. And yes. At the end of it, I said this to my dad: Does the, does the news ever make you feel good? He goes, no. So so you, you but you, so you wake up, you watch the news. When you're at work, you're listening to the news mm-hmm. all the day, radio three And you wonder why you're always in a bad mood. And you wonder why you have these outlooks on life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've, I've, I've exactly the same conversations with my mum where I'm like, you, you, you see the world through this dark lens that is presented to you and you don't realise that you can choose to take that lens off. And I think that's a beautiful point. I think that's a, that's a, and, that's a really good point. And if I may add, it's Please. not easy to take the lens off because it's been stuck to your face, forced into your face for so many years. It takes work, right? But you can take the steps to do it. Look, it took me six months to wean myself off the news, meaning off watching television news and listening to the radio and no long, no more buying newspapers. Yeah. I've even stopped, which is a big deal for me, I've, I've even stopped reading the rugby section on Sundays and I'm a rugby nut. Yeah. Because even there you get BS from the journal. You get those, those journalists spouting BS. I watch the game and make my own decisions. Yeah. But the, the point is it, it, it is a lens and it's, it's, the, it's the learning to reframe. Right, I'll give you. I'll give you one example that's very current. I happened to be like you in a space where the news was on in the last few days, and a report came on about this earthquake in um, Syria, Syria and Turkey, and the the particular segment I was watching was all about the number of countries that have sent volunteer firefighters and volunteer rescue workers to the region to help out. And somebody made a comment about how it's so horrific. And I looked at her and I said, well, actually, you could see the positive in this story. And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, look at how many countries, look at this demonstration of common humanity that, that any country that has had the capacity to send help has sent help. And this is the thing to and remember. And that's is the that thing is, is there's that beauty in humanity. But that's not how it's reported, right? No. What's reported is this awful disaster, and they don't give you, they don't ever, you never get the positive spin on it. Which yes, it's terrible. People have died. It's a natural disaster. And like with anything else we talk about, I'm not diminishing that. But how beautiful would it be? if you journalists started reporting the positive spin of this, which is, holy crap, look what happens when we actually go, oh my God, this is horrible. People have died through no fault of their own. The earth's tectonic plates have shifted and caused this. We need to help. But you never get that spin reported, right? It's it's that it's the, it's what we come back to what you said about the Daily Mail. The word I would use is clickbait. Yeah, yeah clickbait. Yeah, yeah, because the negativity is what sells. The positivity doesn't sell. No, because it, yeah. it, 
when you start breaking it down on, on multiple different levels, on a, on a psychological level, how people respond to it, how you can trigger people, yep. and all of that, you know, they, you know, it's everything is designed to to pull at you to to get it. And you know, I had, I, I experienced it the other day. You know, where I was I was scrolling through social media like we all do, <laughs> and there was this image that the mainstream media have captured of this father sitting in the rubble holding the hand of his dead daughter who's under the rubble and it was a horrendous image and you know it choked me up because i mm. instantly i transported myself there my god you know what how i'd feel if that was my daughter and it, you know very 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 powerful image um but i do agree with what you're sort of saying i think you know media is 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 focuses all its energy on on creating something negative and to mm -hmm. scare and to trigger and they almost re the thing that gets me is they almost revel in it but it's what sells there yeah it's and, and actually if you think about it we 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 are we're as much of the problem because yes. we if if we didn't respond to it it wouldn't exist yes well, it's that cycle isn't it's it yeah. it's that cycle of and this is the thing is it's to recognize that as as a as a you know humanity we're stuck in a cycle yeah this cycle which needs i would say needs to be disrupted mm -hmm. and you know that that's something i hope i hope is 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 coming i'm a firm believer that you know positive disruption i'm not i'm not talking about anarchy and that, you mm. know, the whiskered men trying to blow up parliament i'm not interested in that no. just people just going hey do you know what Enough's enough. There's, there's, there's the word, the, 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 the thing we're looking for, I think, is, um, <laughs> is the paradigm shift, right? We've got this, we've got this paradigm for our society on every level, what healthcare should be, what nutrition should be, what the news should be, what democracy, sh what democracy should be. And the paradigm is clearly broken. We just need more people to see that. Yeah, and, I, and it takes enough people seeing it that in in whatever way, and then we need to band together because not everybody's going to agree with us that the system is as broken as it is. Some people think just one part of it is broken, yeah, and we no, need to turn fine. them into allies. That's the that's that's where we need to overcome the divide and rule. It's it's this enough just enough of us need to realize that something is broken for it to be but again i think actually if you were to sit people down and go do you think the system is working as effectively mm. as it should be could be everybody i've asked you know is it, just gonna be like no we, we can see it it's broken yeah we can see like you know yeah. the, the our, our, our national health service is broken <laughs> our social our, 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 our social support system is broken mm. Like our education system, I'd argue, is broken. You know, central government is yeah. failing people. Yeah. It's not only failing people. Well, it's failing people. It's making people's lives worse. Yeah. You know, it's... But this is why I say... <coughs> this is why I say there's that point of... I argue... I have the point now in discussions with people who say... Who have that... Um, Oh well, you know, I I, I, I hope it'll change this time. My question to them is at what point are you gonna say, oh well actually maybe it's not? That's the argument we've got to make. We've got to say to people, look, you voted for how many 
prime ministers, has anything changed? Mm. If people don't show up, if nobody buys the product, it becomes obsolete, right? But the thing is, is that they 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 they, they keep they keep people so so stuck in that survival yes. mode. Yeah, yeah. So and and again, I think this and this is this is where this is where I feel we're at is that a lot of people go, no, I don't trust the government. I don't trust the mainstream media. I recognise that loads is broken, but. What can I do? You know, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm I'm exhausted. I'm 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 basically just trying to survive and to keep the walls from the door myself. And you know that, and that's a that's a lot of people. Yes. And you yeah. know, you, you 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 see this, you see this sort of covered in like dystopian futuristic films. You know, where the people that they're, they're just broken yeah. down, yeah. psychologically yeah. beaten to a pulp where they, they've, they've lost the fight, they've yeah. lost the they've spark. lost the will to fight. Yeah, and and you see this, you see this with in, with men nowadays. You know, men. You know, historically, were meant to be like these warrior type <laughs> people, and I've never seen a destruction of that central masculine idea. Now, again, to caveat, <laughs> I'm. You know, from my point of view, you know, the ideal male is a perfect blend of feminine and masculine. It's 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 it's, it's, it's embracing everything, yes. you know, and the, the the light, the darkness, the love, the hate, you know, the the, the anger, the, the the passion. It's it's all all really important, you know, attributes to have available to you. And this is this is this, again, we probably don't have time to get into this for a conversation, but you know, it's about as a as a sovereign male recognizing that you can choose to be at any one of those qualities mm. they're all inside of you yeah you can be this super yeah. caring nurturing person who just adores and cares for their wife and their kids and you can be that fucking warrior at the same time mm -hmm. you've got all of that available to you mm -hmm. you can choose you can choose those you have those choices yeah but again you know through my work you sort of see a lot you know people don't believe that they have choices no because so much behavior is subconscious and mm. oh, it's programmed isn't it program yeah yeah and that's it it's the the question i kind of ask myself is how do you find the chink in people's armor to change it and in my experience in my in my world i get the chink when people start having health problems and the system doesn't work for them you know the client who comes to me and says i've had chronic back pain for two years and the doctors tell me there's nothing wrong with me on the scans but i've still got back pain because then you've got you've got a way in. Mm. You've got someone who's got the beginnings of a question. Yeah, and that's what I think we have to look for. Is that I know that I, person who's who's there's something in their brain that's going. They've got that first inkling that something's not quite right. Yeah, matrix is starting yeah. to unravel. There's there's like almost that. Yeah, but you know, to 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 go into the cliche of it. Yes, there's they've had that moment where. Something doesn't make sense to them. Oh yeah, I see. I see. Um, I see it a lot with people where they're just like, "Oh no, hold on." You know, I I bought into this system my entire life, and then something stopped working, and I was just like, "What? Mm. 
hold on, well, well, sorry, I, I, I was told that if I yes. ate this food and, yeah. and live like this and work this hard, that I would be where I would be. But actually, I, I'm actually the, the opposite. Yes, yeah. Um, no, I agree with you. And, and I, you know, when we both see this as, you know, health professionals where people start to wake up the moment that they, they start getting sick, you know, mm. I've got a dear friend of mine at the moment who's, you know, very, very sick, uh, urgent need of an operation and eight and a half thousand pounds to do it privately, which is obviously a huge amount of money. Yeah. Uh, no guarantees that it'll actually resolve the issue long term. And, um, go you know has has been rushed into hospital now multiple times by ambulance you know through very serious issues and the nhs is like sorry we have to wait for it to get worse before, before we can... we'll operate on it yeah yeah, yeah. You're, you're not you're not sick enough and he's like you're not sick enough in other words yeah and he's like like i'm 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 hemorrhaging blood and I'm bleeding everywhere and I am not sick. I'm, I'm like, I'm yeah. on the, you're, I'm an ambulance has just enough. rushed me in and I'm not sick enough for you to do the operation. So what do you want me to do in the meantime? Sit here and bleed out? That's what they said. Yeah, but that, but that's... Come, come, come back when it's worse. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like... Yeah. And again, and again, just a caveat, I recognise that at the moment our NHS system is overstretched <laughs> beyond overstretched. I yeah. listen, I get this i get this we're just we're just talking about experiences yes you know look we we have we've discussed this in um one of the early podcasts we did when i was on when i was ill the doctors kept telling me to eat the way i was eating and i kept getting sicker and i had that moment of hold on you're, you're telling me you're giving me these food charts and i'm following them and I'm getting worse. And that's the point I started going, <laughs> maybe I should ask somebody else. Yeah. And that's that's what we're looking for. We're looking for that person that's, you know, the case you're, you're describing is, is obviously horrific, but that's much further along than where, oh, yeah, yeah, where yeah. I... I where I'm coming from. And I think that that's what I'm seeing in my practice right now is, you know, the person who's who's been told, you know, I I I I can actually recount you a story of this. Is I don't see him anymore because he's moved out of town. I had a client come in. I was working in a practice in Fulham about four years ago, and he he sent me his medical history. The doctors had told him there was no other option than either monthly steroid injections or a spinal surgery. And he was, uh, and by the way, you'll need to take uh, uh, pretty much maximum strength codeine for the rest of your life. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that like that's your life now. And something didn't sound right to him about it. So he came into the chiropractor's office and between a combination of chiropractic and my body work, We'd halved the dose of his painkillers within two weeks, and he had one further steroid injection, and that was it. And at that point, he had that, you know, the, the doctors, these people who I've been told my whole life are gods. They wear a white coat, and they have a bunch of complicated initials after their name, so they must be right. 
have, in his words, failed me. And it, that was his light bulb moment where he was like, I need to start reading. Mm. And that, that's the kind of moment that I think we need is that that little spark where on some issue, somebody goes, I, I, what? I agree with you completely. And, and I think it, it brings us to an, an interesting point where he started taking personal responsibility. Yes. And, and, and I think that that's something that I've learned massively over the last couple of years. It's if you want to change your life in any way, have any sort of positive impact mm -hmm. on the, the, the reality that you experience, you have to take personal responsibility. Yes. And I think that's the moment. So we just go, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll drink these alcoholic drinks. I'll, I'll eat fast food every mm -hmm. single day. I won't, I won't look after myself. And hey, if I get sick, I can just go to the doctor. And they're just going to give me a pill and that'll make me feel better. Guess what? That's not reality. But it's but 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 I, I agree with you, and we should continue down that path with one caveat, which is even there, the system has a fail-safe method, right? And that is epitomized again by my current favorite person in the world, I say with huge amount of sarcasm, Boris Johnson, who when it came time to take the COVID vaccine actually made the statement and you can find it online it's there and told people quote unquote taking the vaccine is easier than losing weight so he directly addressed the 60 percent of the uk that is obese and told them take the easy route so that's that's another example of how broken things are, that the system actively encourages people from the difficult route, discourages you see, you, them. You see it, I always love it. Yeah, and I, when I saw that press conference, I, I just, I had to start laughing because I was like, how, how much crazier can you get? You've got an obese prime minister who has acknowledged that COVID was bad for him because he was so out of shape. He nearly died. Yeah, nearly <laughs> died. And now he's telling you that don't worry about getting fit and losing weight, just take the jab. It's, it's, people are kept nudged towards the easy path. And what I'm coming back to is personal taking taking responsibility and taking the reins of your own life is scary and it's a slow process and i think again fear prevents people doing it but you're right it's personal responsibility because nobody can help you get fit somebody can guide you somebody can help you in the gym and teach you how to lift weights if that's what you want to do or work on your running technique with you if you that's what you want to do but you have to actually do it and you see it you see it in i don't know if you've ever set foot in a gym in your life right but you see it in gyms every january gyms make their money in january from every joe blogs and josephine blogs who comes into new year 2023 and goes right i'm gonna lose this weight and they sign up to an expensive gym membership they pay 120 pound joining fee sign up for a 12 month contract at 60 quid a month and by the end of january they've left the gym 
for precisely the reason you're talking about, it's too difficult. Mm. Oh, it's too difficult. Not drinking is too difficult. You know, I take I take crap from, from people when I'm out for not having a drink. Oh, you know, oh, it's it's setting my alarm at 6 a.m. Yeah. It's... There's the easy route and there's the full of manure route. And the full of manure route is the taking control of your life route. I agree, but I saw this. Right, I saw this quote. Uh, I'm going to butcher it online, where um, I think this 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 doctor was basically along the lines of like, look, you can you can take a, 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 a tougher, more disciplined route when you're young now, right now, or you can have the really hard route when you're sick. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's the crazy thing. People people don't realize. That if they do not look after themselves, no, they don't. Then you know you're gonna you're gonna get consequences. Yes, and and, that, and that's a guarantee. It's, it 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 is a guarantee. But but the problem the problem we've got there is something different, which is short term versus long term thinking. Right, prevention is cheaper than in the cure long term, but in the short term it's more expensive. Right, because you have to do stuff now to prevent stuff later. Yeah. That's part A. And part B is we live in an instant gratification culture in which people have come to expect instant results or very fast results. You know, there's the people who join the gym in January, they've got 20 kilos to lose. The safe, and I agree with, the medically safe amount to lose a week is a kilo or 2.2 pounds, okay? Otherwise, you're wasting away if you're trying to put muscle on at the same time. So they lose four kilos in January, and they go, I've only lost four kilos, I quit. They're not thinking about 20 minus four, they're thinking about four. Mm. And you you can magnify that out to every other area of life. And it's easy to not take responsibility. Well, of course it is. Yeah. I have this, I, I battle with this every, Same. Every, every, Same. Every, every day. And I fall down on it in some way every day. And I'm sure you do as well. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's, and you, and you know, we're conscious enough now, you and I, to know when we've done it and to be chipping away at it slowly yeah right but most for for a lot of people they won't even chip away at it no because it's just but this is but this but this is the thing and i I had this conversation with 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 a client the other day where i was just like because lots of people they, they they see they see you after you've done the hard work you you lost the weight you've got mm-hmm. you got yourself super fit you beat you're, you're sober and that's how this this person was just like oh you know it, it, it's so easy for you kind of thing mm-hmm. I'm just like I battle every day yes. with that inner critic oh, in yeah. my head oh yeah I battle every day yeah with being an ex alcoholic. I battle every day with looking for any out to run from anything awkward. Same. I I'm, and, I'm, I'm, I walk past, you know, you can't help it in London. You walk past patisseries that sell 
macaroons or you walk past a Crosstown no, Donuts sorry. or you walk past a, a Ben and Jerry's shop. And in my case, my inner sugar, ex-sugar addict just goes. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, 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 this is the thing. It's a daily battle and people don't see that on the outside. No. I had it. I've had it a few times where people say, oh, Fabian, it must be, it must be so nice to be in shape. And I looked at her and I said, it, it is nice, but do you think it's been easy? And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, my alarm goes off at five in the morning. I'm in the gym at six. Um, I'm in the sauna for half an hour. I'm home at 8.30, I make breakfast. Then I start working in the evenings, I'm on my foam roller or whatever. And I made the point like, yes, the results are nice, but the grunt work is not nice. In, in the sense of the, the comfort of it, because who wants to get out of bed at five in the morning? Not your own Who project. wants to? Who <laughs> wants to? Whether you do or not is another issue, but whether you want to or not, yeah? My fiance thinks I'm nuts and I have to get out of bed very quietly because she's not a morning person, yeah? yeah? But the results are worth it. And I think I think those I think there's a huge amount there of we come back to this fear thing of people I know for a fact that I have people in my life who have watched me do the work, who have acknowledged they need to do the work themselves, but they've watched what it's been like for me and therefore they don't do it. Oh yeah, if something seems yeah, if something seems hard and most that, of us quit. That responsibility piece of the picture is the the joy that you get when you get one piece of a rain under control and there are many because there's multiple different areas of your life is amazing and the the, the this is what the, the point I now try to drive home to people the reward for taking that tiny bit of responsibility over that one thing in the long term is amazing because it will magnify you and I have talked about this it's that it's the it's the ripple effect right if you change one habit in your life you may not believe it right now but it will have a long-term effect Oh, enormous. Yeah. I t I t a, lot of, a lot of clients ask me, what's one thing I can start with on my health journey to make my life better? And the first question I ask them is, how much water do you drink? And most people nowadays, sadly, their liquid comes in the form of coffee, right? I, I drink eight cups of coffee a day, I drink water. And one client, I said, right, cut it to seven and add a pint of water. And a month later, he was like, Fabian, I can't believe the difference from a pint of water a day. And he was then, then he was down to six coffees and then five and then four. And two pints of water, hopefully. Yeah. And but what I'm what I'm getting at is people don't fail because it's hard. People fail because they set themselves too big of a target. I want to lose 20 kilos. Okay. Be clear that that's going to take you six months. What do you want to do this month? Um, one of the people, one I, I've I've adopted something that is it's been genuinely fascinating on my journey to use it and see it in operation. Which is we went to a we went to a talk by 
Jason Carl Fox from SAS Who Dares Wins. And he has two rules that he applies, more than two rules, but two rules in particular that caught my attention and that I use that he applies to his daily life. What's in my immediate one meter squared and what's happening in the next 30 minutes? Because what happens is people go, I need to train four times this week to lose the kilo. No, no, think about today's session. Think about today's session. Yeah, get into the present moment. Forget about what's, what's the task you need to do today that even if it seems tiny, like doing some admin and filing some documents, that seems inconsequential, but if you do that seven weeks in a row, you'll see the change. People want to see the change too fast. Oh, no, no, I, I, I agree. And, you know, I'm, I've been massively guilty of it, you know, myself, um, you know, many times. You know, I like quick results. Quick Who doesn't, right? Quick it, long-term it's... anything doesn't, it doesn't go together. No. Um, <laughs> So let's we've been going for like nearly two hours. So let's try and let's try and wrap this. Yeah, you know with an interesting sort of out because um, we've we've covered quite a sort of broad mm. range of information, and I always like to sort of try and leave like with a parting message, something yeah. positive, mm-hmm. because you know on a personal note, you know, I genuinely think life is just absolutely incredible yeah um, it's, a, it's it's the most wonderful wonderful game that if you can start to get out of your head and into that present moment mm-hmm. like jason was talking about what's in my square meter and what's happening for the next 30 minutes let's that's all i'm going to really focus yeah. on and you really shrink your world down into actually what's really going on here and now because that's all that exists mm-hmm. you know we're massively distracted by yeah. social media and stuff like that and i'm, I'm a social media addict you know, myself, I love social media. I get a lot from it. Um, but I'm conscious. I'm very yes. conscious of it. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's, I think that's a, that's a, that's a big difference. Um, so what would you say that, you know, in the last few years, because, you know, you have been on the most monumental journey, mm. you know, you know, we work closely together on that and, you know, you 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 see things from a very different perspective, level of yeah. awareness, consciousness now to what you did before. So, in a sort of a, I guess, sort of summary, what's been the probably the the biggest thing you've been able to come to your awareness, or you know, you've expanded into your awareness, which is making the sort of the biggest impact for you right now. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think there's there's one one thing which I would say, which is be your own source of information, and what I mean by that is inform yourself. Don't educate yourself. If you want to change your nutritional habits, start doing some reading about nutrition. Don't rely on outside sources. That on any on anything. And I think the the biggest thing that I've learned in the last few years is learn to respond, not to react. 
And what I mean by that is you can see something that triggers you. You have the capacity to notice that trigger and go, wait a minute, what's happening here? You're not going to get it right every time. Sometimes the trigger is going to be effective, but it will change the way you interact with the world because you'll learn to step back from negative comments, from criticisms, from anything and come at it with in a more measured way. And that's always better than a reaction. So inform yourself and react, uh, respond, don't react. No, I think and if you start doing those two things, things will change. Whether it's in your relationship where, you know, your your partner says something that your, your triggers go, yeah, but you have a moment to go, wait a minute. And that, that for me has come out of my relationship because my fiance is someone who is relentless with her banter and makes me laugh out loud, but she's also constantly looking for the boundary. She's quite openly said, I want to find your, I want to, I'd like to actually see where this is. Yeah. And that has taught me, do I need to react to this comment? Because if I react, then she's one and she's got more material. And, and, and that, right. That's, if, that's if, so if, 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 if her, if her little, humorous stab if i if i laugh at it then we both laugh and it's a moment if i react she has more shit stirring material and you have to look at the world the same way in terms of hmm does that like, have that attention? moment have that moment of do i need to react out of emotion and often fear right because if you're triggered it's something that you're scared of do I need to be scared of this? And within that react, respond, don't react, you have the recognition of sometimes you will react, but are you present enough to understand that you have reacted and reassess and re-examine? That's the work. Yeah. Right? So next time that doesn't trigger you as much or as quickly. Yeah, but you know that's that, that that's after again that sort of pretty big commitment yeah. of actually doing some deep introspective. Yeah, and that, that's and that's yourself. that's step one is be willing be willing to do the work, and within that you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, because all discomfort is temporary. Yeah, everything is temporary. Yeah. And if, if, you, if you come at it from that angle, then it becomes about curiosity. And I think that actually is where I would close this podcast is with the statement of become curious about yourself. Because curiosity is not criticism. Curiosity is examination. It's, huh, why, why do I go for that food when... I'm emotional. Why do I lash out at that person, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And you start examining, yeah. and from a point of wanting understanding rather than the inner critic. No, I, I listen. I mean, I completely agree with you, and I think it's beautiful how you know you sort of say actually, you know, it's not about criticism; it's about curiosity, and being curious. You know that. 
what I love about that, becoming curious. And I, I'm a very curious person. Mm. I like to play. I like to mess around. Um, curiosity takes us back to a very powerful energy which we have as children. Yes. And as children, we're arguably at our most freest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, recognizing that, like, you know, we're all human beings. We all, we, we, we all make up mistakes. We all fuck up. Like, honestly, I, I make tons of errors. I'm far from, I'm far from perfect, like literally far from perfect. But I'm aware of my flaws and I work every single day to, to try and, uh, to eliminate those, to become much more familiar of them and, and to see where they play. And it's a fascinating game of becoming curious of going, what, hey, why do I do the things that I do? Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Because I would argue that, for, you know, for 30 odd years, I had no idea why I did the shit I did. You know, everything was so unconscious. Mm -hmm. And becoming a more conscious person has, for me personally, meant that this game that we call life has become a lot more fun. Mm -hmm like a lot more fun. And I recognize also that I have a lot more control over what I experience yes. being positive or negative. Yeah. You know, I can, I can choose to label a given situation however I want. I can go negative or I go positive, mm -hmm. or I could be just neutral. Mm -hmm. I can actually choose to withdraw my energy mm -hmm. completely and just not invest in anything like I've done with the news and newspapers yeah. and mainstream media. I, it, it's not even on my radar. It's, that, it's, the, it's the classic... It's the classic uh, uh, phase that I'm sure you've experienced with your kids where why, why, why daddy, why, why? That's the most important question to my mind is like, okay, why? Ask yourself why. Yeah. And ask that question of the world. Yeah. And it, that... Just start questioning. Internally. Why, yeah, no, why? Why, why, why? Why do I enjoy this? Why do I enjoy that? And another why? great bit of advice I just want to say before we finish the podcast is what I do with myself is I ask myself these two questions. I know you and I have talked about this. When I find myself in a situation or, or anything which is in life that you have to make a decision, I ask myself, does this make me feel lighter mm -hmm. or heavier? Mm -hmm. If it makes me feel lighter, I, I kind of tell myself a story. Ah, this is a good thing to go mm. towards. And actually, it mm. always seems to work out. If something makes me feel heavy, nine times out of 10, it's completely out of alignment with me. I'm yes. just not resonating with it. I don't want to do it. And I'm just going to waste a load of energy if I go down that route. Mm. For me, it's do I feel tenser or more relaxed with this? Yeah. It, lighter or heavier? We're, we're yeah. saying essentially the same thing. We're, we're, we're in that place where we're actually hearing our body's physical messages. Yeah, because our bodies are amazing instruments. Yes. Incredible instruments, to, which we can glean yeah. huge amounts more information uh, outside of our five senses, I would, <laughs> I'd start to argue, but that's another podcast. Listen, Fabian, yeah. we, let's, let's wrap this, because um, I don't want it to go too long, because uh, people just won't listen. No, no, they won't. <laughs> But listen, uh, awesome conversation. Uh, I, I know this is, will be, we'll do many more of these sorts of uh, casual conversations. Yeah, the more it goes on, right? The more, yes. more life goes on, the more material there is. So. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because there's, 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 there's so many different topics. You could probably actually, I could probably actually have a conversation with you for two hours every single day, <laughs> covering just thoughts and things, like a daily podcast, but uh, regrettably with family and work. I just yeah, think, I just, no, it's, I'm the same, time. right? So. 
Yeah, we need to try and condense it down into like bullet points. Bullet points. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, big love to everybody. Thanks for tuning in. It is massively appreciated, and uh, we'll catch up soon.